Let's pray. Oh Lord, as we come to the end of the year, and even as we wait these moments and watch the seconds go by, Lord, we want to commit to you the things that have happened in the past and are happening even now in this present, Lord. We commit to you the future, for you are God of the past, the present, and the future. Inspire us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, and may this time of reflection upon this time in our lives be one that honors you and glorifies you, Lord, and that we may bear much fruit in the kingdom of God. We ask this, Lord, commit all things to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The watch night service uh, is one which quite often is uh, intended to be a period where we reflect upon life and also uh, where we have fallen short. And to some extent, uh, today I'm sharing more of a message for reflection than it is an exegetical blow-by-blow, uh, phrase-by-phrase breakdown of what the text is all supposed to be. You've actually read uh, three portions, uh, significant portions of Scripture, but I really just want to leave certain pictures uh, with you. If you will, will you please keep your Bible open to John chapter 15? In a way, John chapter 15 being Jesus' words before he departed and at the end of which he blew, uh, uh, breathed on his disciples before leaving uh, is one that we want to reflect upon as something imperative for us to consider as uh, crucial, crucially important. I've titled this text, Abiding in, Being with, and Following uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, can I get some help to move to the next slide, please? Thanks. There are several themes that run in John chapter 15. And one of the first themes is this whole idea of bearing fruit. But this bearing fruit is often as a result of an action. And so what we're going to do, uh, in a way, is just let the text speak to us. Uh, one of the themes which I'd like you to focus on, even as we listen to what the text is saying, is to zoom in on this theme of bearing fruit. Uh, we bear fruit sometimes when we are uh, in a very happy, healthy situation. But you also realize that sometimes you bear fruit when you are in adversity, when you are in great difficulty. So let me read the text. You can just close your eyes. Uh, try not to fall asleep. Uh, if, you, if you do, the fireworks will wake you up. <laughs> but when you hear this text again, will you pick out that word, fruitfulness or bearing fruit? So you can close your eyes, you can just listen to this. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit 
by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. So I've done one reading. We're going to do this twice, another two times. But this theme that you should see coming in here is this bearing of fruit. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, what fruit is this? Durian, mangosteen, <laughs> bananas. No, bearing fruit in terms of what Jesus was doing was, in a way, to reflect the very kingdom of God wherever he is. We have an elaboration on this when uh, Paul talks in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. These are fruits in keeping. Brothers and sisters, are you looking forward to a fruitful year? A fruitful year in the Spirit, bearing fruit in the Spirit. But you do realize, as any gardener knows, that if you want more fruit, you actually end up pruning the tree more. I had a friend who was an agriculturalist in Sromban, and he told me, Pastor, you know all these fellas, they, they like soursop, they like all these uh, uh, lemons and all that stuff. They hope that the lemons grow, but the secret to having fruitful trees is you prune it. <laughs> you keep pruning it. The more it bears fruit, you prune. You, and he says people don't do it because they feel, ah, yeah, sayang, uh, they've got, got flowers, got fruit growing there. He said, no, prune. Because when you prune it, it bears more fruit fruit. I'm not a plant, but I know if you lop off my leg, it hurts. Have you realized that anywhere throughout this year, that in the pruning that you went through, the fruitfulness that came about after may have come through your suffering and your pain? 
in a very frank discussion with some of my friends who sat down, we asked him, when have you learned the most important lessons in life? He says, oh, yeah, when I fail. When I failed or when I've encountered pain, that is when I have learned. So brothers and sisters, if you want to be fruitful, are you also prepared to encounter pruning and pain? Pastor Gauri and I used to joke. She said, uh, I'm very happy that God has answered my prayers, but sometimes I, maybe I shouldn't have prayed that prayer. I said, what kind of prayer? I said, I wanted him to expand my ability to love and care for people. And she says, yeah, he does that. And the way he does that is to make it more painful. Because when it hurts, you really know you care because then you love further. So jokingly, she and I is like, you better be careful what you ask for. God tends to give you the things in ways you do not expect. So let me offer you a few moments here, maybe about three minutes or so. In this past year, what has God done in your life? Has He pruned you? I would like to read back to you again this verse that may come across to you as a surprise. I am the true vine. My Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me. As much as you are being pruned, as long as you are connected to Christ Jesus, who is the vine, that branch and the vine also go through that same suffering together. We are connected to this vine. And Christ is with us in our pain and in our suffering. And so the true strength about Christianity is not so much the ability to overcome every single pain or even not even overcome pain, is the fact that our faith has a God who journeys with us and has also suffered and endured pain like us. He is not unfamiliar with pain. So we are not alone in our pain. So let me offer you these few moments. What has God pruned off from you that has hurt? But what can you give thanks for that through that it has caused you to bear fruit, a fruitfulness, an ability to love more, to be more patient, to be more self-controlled, to be more loving? Will you take this few moments before I move on to the next slide?
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Let me move on to the second and the third thought. Next slide, please. Again, focusing on John chapter 15, another two themes that keep appearing is these two things. One, Jesus as a container. Jesus is the one that holds us. You see this in every time that it is said, in me. Remain in me, abide in me. Uh, these terms of in me. But further to that is a second theme, which is to abide with as to be spiritually aligned with Christ. Remain in me and I remain in you. It's a twofold thing. It is one thing for us to desire to remain in Christ, but for us to continue to remain in Christ and for Christ to remain in us, to abide in us, is to begin to want to be spiritually aligned with Christ. We see that emphasized also in the reading from 1 John and also for the reading from Peter. All of which is essentially saying, be holy for the Lord your God is holy. God is light, in Him there is no darkness. And for those who are called to be like Jesus, there is no rule to continue to remain in darkness. So I will read this again. There's John chapter 15. Will you pay close attention to these words? In me, remain in me as I remain in you or abide in you. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends, 
For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Dear friends, will you take a moment to consider in the year to come, how will you find this opportunity to abide in Christ? In the book of Revelation, we have this uh, lovely picture of Jesus knocking at the door. C.S. Lewis, when he mentioned this, he says, the handle is on the inside. The only way to open the door is if you allow Christ to come in. Francis Chan, in one of his uh, sermons recently, was reminding people, if you ever consider what is the most important thing you could do each and every day, might it be that one hour that you spend in communion with God? I repeat this. If there will be anything that is so important in your daily routine, the most important thing that you might be doing in your entire day, I suggest you consider that it might be that one hour that you spend in the presence of God. Because it is in that moment that you acknowledge the reality of something that is far greater than you, something far greater than this world. And that when we acknowledge the divine God in prayer, we are therefore acknowledging God's sovereignty over our lives. So dear friends, let me offer you a moment to determine now what will your priority be in the year to come. Would it be in the reading of Scripture? Would it be in this hour of prayer that you would set aside, maybe at the start of the day, at the end of the day, or even in between? But unless you make this a priority, everything else will come and consume it. Let me offer you a moment to consider this and make your own determination.
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Last and final thought, and the final theme, which I think should be very clear to you, is the theme of love. We see this in how Jesus responds about love, beginning from verse 9, and even what we find in 1 John and Peter. This whole idea of love, the love that is not selfish, but a love that is outwardly focused, one that chooses in order to live a righteous life and to live a God-honoring life out of love. And we read half the portion of the John chapter 15, the words that Christ reminded us of this love, that you not only hear it and know it, but that you also internalize and feel it. Verse 9 reads, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Friends, will you take a moment to renew your commitment to love? And especially in this time, I ask you to do the difficult to love your enemies, to pray for them, to forgive them, and to make the commitment to continue to love, not as an act of feeling, but an act of the will, to choose to love those who are opposed to you. Will you take a moment to pray for your enemies? I know you will pray for your loved ones. You do that every day. But I ask you to pray for those whom you find difficulty loving and ask that the Lord help you to overcome that and to love deeper. Shall we pray?
Let me close this time in prayer. Father in heaven, you have called us to be a covenant people of love. A people who do not break covenant, whose word is their bond. And you have called us as followers of Christ Jesus to love in the same way that Christ Jesus loved. We acknowledge, Lord, that the word sounds easy, but the doing of it is well nigh impossible. But were it not for you living in us, Lord. Lord, lift up from us the shallowness of our love that we only love in accordance to our own abilities. Help us instead to love with the love of God, to have an agape love, Lord, a love that flows, a love that gives life to others, Lord, a love that seems to astound the rest of the world by what it sees, and a love that comes from streams of living water that never grows dry. Teach us, Lord, to continue to love in spite of the evil, the weeds, the goats, the chaff that still lie and surround us, Lord. For the weeds often choke us and want to prevent us from continuing to love. And the violence and abuse and the brokenness of others, Lord, tend to break into us, to tear us apart, and to cause us to bleed and suffer along. Oh Lord, we ask for your hand of protection for those who are in the midst of such violent and oppressive relationships, Lord. And we ask that you break the powers of violence and darkness, Lord, that lie over such relationships. Help them to live in truth and righteousness, Lord, that the truth will set them free. And when they are free, Lord, that your love will truly flow in them. Grant us the ability, Lord, to break through the bonds of unforgiveness, bitterness, and hatred, Lord. Break the walls, Lord, that have hardened around us, the walls that we have built up ourselves, Lord, against those who have offended us again and again and again. Teach us to be like Jesus, Lord, that in spite of all things, he nonetheless continued to do what was right and good and holy. And help us, Lord, to overcome our fear and our vulnerability, for love is vulnerable, Lord. And yet, in spite of its vulnerability, Lord, it has the power to overcome even death. A great darkness, Lord, is unable to put out love. So set our hearts free, Lord. Open our eyes that we might love more fully, not according to our selfish ways or our brokenness, Lord, but in accordance to the Spirit of God that you have placed in each and every one of us, Lord, that day by day we would be renewed to continue to write on a new page, Lord, even if the last day's page was messy and filled with brokenness. Help us to continue to be a people of love, Lord, a people of light, a people of salt. And help us, Lord, to overcome these difficulties that come before us. Lord. We pray this, Lord. We commit all the prayers and the covenants and the promises made this day. We ask, Lord, that you hear our prayers. And we ask all these prayers, Lord, 
In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Friends, shall we stand as we invite